Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's dark here. Nah, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. It's, I'm pretty casual about this. Are you recording or is it like, are you recording video or you just use audio? Uh, I'm doing it for like both for podcasts. I can stop it if you want though. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh, I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, man. Yeah. Uh, no, cause I, I do it now. I mean, I, I just started using zoom yeah. because I have to. Um, so I really never have before this week and, um, actually last week, but, um, now I'm like, man, I could actually record the video too. But what I've noticed is that because so many people are using zoom right now, it's, right. it's super pixelated and it keeps freezing and stuff. So yeah, no, it's, that's I'm dealing with that too, man. It's like, it's just such a crazy time for everyone, you know? So yeah, it's, especially right after like five o'clock, man, I can't even get on the internet because it slows down so much. It's crazy, man. Even my phone, yeah. I'm like, what's going on? But everyone's just sitting on their phone and yeah. on the internet at 5 p.m. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just like, right now, like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, like, ready to get out of this quarantine. And it's like, I don't know. I'm, like, feeling yeah. I just ran three miles this morning. I've never ran more than a mile in my life until yeah. last week. I hate running, yeah. but I'm just losing my mind. So I'm, like... I got to challenge myself some way in some form because I have, you know, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't. So I right. woke up today, and it was raining out. I'm like, hell no, I'm not, I don't even want to go outside, but I had to. So I, I ran three miles and it sucked and I hate it, but I had to challenge myself some way, somehow. Right. Yeah. You're doing better than me, bro. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, might, I was I getting lazy as well, man. Yeah. I was getting yeah, so I, lazy. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen your workouts, bro. I mean, you're really grinding, so respect, man. Respect. Um, trying, trying, man. Trying to keep it up. I'm trying to. It's hard to stay on a schedule too. Working oh, yeah. at home. For sure. Got my kids here, and man, it's just, it's crazy. But I have to force myself to stay on schedule, or I just, I, I mean, mentally and physically, I just feel awful. Right. Yeah. I mean, how how are they holding up? How's the fam holding up? Pretty good, or? Man, they're good, man. It's just hard yeah. when uh. My wife works and she has a business too. And, um, you know, it's uh, employees can't come in. So she's running up there. She's doing orders that have to go out and it's just, you know, she's seven months pregnant. She's doing eight weeks and, uh, you know, we have two kids already. So they're oh, three and one. That's man. Yeah. That's awesome. And so it's, uh, lock us all in one room for yeah. two weeks. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Any, any good movies you guys been watching any movies or anything or. Yeah. I started to, um, just watch we got we got um disney plus so we went to disney uh, world right yeah, before all this happened for my kid's third birthday and then uh we got disney plus when we got back because they were obsessed with everything disney so yeah uh, i watched a lot of cartoons and they're pretty good man they're they're actually they're they're entertaining it, it, they can make a cartoon character be or do whatever they want so it's pretty cool man yeah and, i mean no, it's for the kids but i definitely get lost in them and, and start watching and it's pretty it's pretty fun yeah i know that's that's hilarious man it's so funny yeah i feel that man i'm just so i've been uh i've been watching ozark lately so that's been my uh go-to on netflix i i gotta get moving though but uh tiger king man yeah <laughs> watch i don't have netflix so i haven't watched it but yeah dude, i might have to switch over to disney plus bro i think that's the move at this point but <laughs> Like um, Disney, man. It's, it's yeah. more for kids, but it's good. Hey, it works for everyone, man. It works for everyone, man. 
so uh, all right, we'll get started here. So Wild Chat Sports Podcast. I'm with uh, Chris Gronkowski, uh, former NFL player and current uh, CEO of Ice Shaker. Chris, welcome, man. Thanks for joining. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be here. Sweet. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, maybe just talk about, like, what was it like, you know, growing up in the Gronkowski household? Maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, the love you grew for football. Man, uh, it was mayhem is how I explained it. I have two kids now, and I have no idea how my parents had five. Uh, five boys all within 10 years as well. So we're about two years apart. And, man, you, you went after your, other bro- your older brother all day, every day. And so – it ended in a brawl no matter what. If you won a game, you lost a game, uh, you got in a fight just because that's how we were. Uh, it's super, super competitive in everything we did. So our parents pretty much refused to leave us in the house. Uh, so we were in the backyard. We were down the street. We were at our neighbor's house. We grew up in a cool neighborhood where there was just a bunch of kids. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny now because I live in Texas and everyone has a fence here. But in Buffalo, no one has fences. So you just walked right into your neighbor's backyard and yeah, we started playing ball, man. You started playing with the kids. And you know, it's funny now, if someone ran through my backyard, I'd be pissed. But back then, I ran through everyone's yard, and it didn't, it didn't matter. We were playing catching balls. We were everything, man, just running through people's yards. And uh, it's, it's, it was a good time. But um, I think really shaped us and, and made us super competitive because we were that house where everyone came over. It wasn't just us. It was us plus a couple friends. And you know, we are always trying to one-up our brothers or their friends. So if, if I couldn't beat my brother in something and his friend came over and wasn't as athletic, you know I was challenging him. And, you know, it was either in a game or in a fight or whatever it was, and, uh, and we were getting after it. So uh, definitely uh, a fun household to live in. But um, also at the same time, my parents kept us in a straight line. Uh, it was all about getting our work done before we went outside. Uh, as much as they didn't want us in the house, my mom always made sure that we did our homework uh, we got our school work done and that we uh, you know, were ready for school the next day. So uh, huge props to my parents for, for really teaching us the values early in life to, to get our, our necessary work done before we went out and played. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's, I just can only imagine like how awesome, you know, that childhood must have been with all your bros, you know, running around. I mean, uh, was there – what, like maybe describe that competitiveness, you know, like was it more sort of like towards, you know, sports or just like lifting? Because I know you guys lifted at a young age too, right? Didn't your dad build like a gym? In like the yeah, so my, dad, my dad's been in the fitness industry now for over 30 years and um, he's an entrepreneur himself. He came back from the University of Syracuse and, um, and we had five boys. And as we started getting older, he realized that, you know, he wanted to train us uh, and he wanted to train us the right way. And when he went to find fitness equipment, there was nowhere in the whole state of New York that actually sold high-end fitness equipment. So you couldn't get an Olympic bench. You couldn't get a platform for squatting. Uh, you know, you could get a single rack or something like that, but it wasn't going to last. And he's like, man, I got five boys. I might as well get something good. Uh, so he had to drive to the state of New Jersey to find uh, Olympic grade and high quality equipment. And at that point he saw, uh, you know, a vision to start his own company. So uh, he worked two jobs and, uh, for you know, for four or five years, and and have five boys at the same time, and uh, was able to build this company from nothing to uh, 15 stores now, and the third largest distributor of fitness equipment. So, uh, his whole point of that was uh, really for us. That that was all it was about was I want to train my kids the right way. So we we started at around uh, age 14 or 15, I would say, 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about, you know, throwing big weight around. It was about going down in the basement um, and doing it the right way. So he's just teaching us form. He's teaching us how to do it correctly so that you know, when we got to, college, uh, to high school at that time, uh, you know, the coaches don't necessarily know what they're doing uh, strength-wise and strength training. So he wanted us to know what we were doing before we got there so that we didn't hurt ourselves or, or do it the wrong way or start bad habits. So uh, the weight room became competitive, but we were really competitive in everything. Uh, it, it didn't matter. It could be a game. Uh, it could be a video game, which we didn't play many video games. But when we did, there was only four controllers and there's five brothers. So that was always a brawl no matter what. Uh, you know, we made up games in the backyard that we play, like mini sticks, uh, backyard baseball and, and stuff like that, which became super, super competitive as well. But, I mean, it, it, it even came down to, uh, you know, just eating. You know, we, we would see who could eat more, uh, who could eat faster. Uh, it, did, it didn't even matter. It didn't matter what we were doing. It became a competition. I know we go on vacations and, uh, you know, we play putt-putt. And it was all about, you know, who could, who could win in putt-putt. We, we even had, I think, Pogs at one point. That game Pogs, that blew up. And we used to play Pogs against each other. And it was like, <laughs> we didn't even know how to play. We still challenge each other. And it would get as crazy as just, um, you know, Halloween would come around. And we would compete on who could get more candy that night. And we'd come back with just these giant, giant pillowcases full of candy to the brim, man. And it was great because – my mom would then take it and uh, she'd use it for, for stocking stuffers. So we had so much of it that by the time Christmas came around, she would just take it out of it. We wouldn't even notice we had so much damn candy left and we're sick of it at that point. And she put it in our stockings and we get it for Christmas and be all pumped about it. But it was, that's kind of how it was, man. Uh, we were just, parents were, were just grinding away and um, you know, they, they worked hard. They saved every penny they could. And, and we were you know, middle class at best. I know that's that's awesome, man. I mean, great story. Um, you know, and, and you know, you know. So you talk about like high school football. And by the time you were in high school, you must have been able to like dominate in sports because you guys were probably just so ready. You know, jacked up, ready to go. Um, and then you know that ultimately got you to the University of Maryland, um, and then you went to University of Arizona. So maybe talk about like that stage of like high school, the transition to college. You know, what was that adjustment like for you? Yeah, man, high school, uh, you know, I was definitely one of the better players uh, on the team. You know, Rob was on my team as well. So uh, he was two years younger. So I would say I was, I was still better than him at the time, uh, at least. But no, for me, it was, uh, it was tough, man. Uh, we were coming out of Buffalo, New York. It, it wasn't like we were in a, a hot spot for recruitment. Uh, we were probably, I think in the whole state of New York, uh, there's like five players that went division one uh which is crazy because it's such a big state you know it's up there with with the floridas the californias texas and then you know new york are going to be the top four most populated states and for five players to come out of new york is insane when there's over 300 coming out of florida and over 300 uh you know maybe 400 coming out of texas and so to get five out of new york was uh it was tough uh so for me i was i wasn't um recruited heavily at all. Um, actually it's a pretty cool story, but, uh, I was going to the university of Pennsylvania. Uh, I was going to Ivy league. I got accepted in, uh, the only issue with it was that I would have to pay, uh, a lot of money, uh, every semester. And I probably would have left with over $200,000 in debt in student loan debt by the time I left. And, you know, my, my parents were all about, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna pay for what you have. So, um, it wasn't like they were going to pay for a college or anything like that. So I would have, I would have walked out 200 K in debt. Uh, luckily 
because my grades were so good and my brother Dan was performing so well at, at Maryland, uh, I got this last minute offer, uh, Division One offer to Maryland to go play there. And it was mostly based on the fact that the kids there, um, they, they, were, they were about to go on academic probation, but also some of the running back trying to bring in at the time felt uh, the, you know, they couldn't get the SAT or the ACT scores that they needed to get in. So uh, they actually had to push them back. They had to go to prep school, stuff like that, uh, and try to get in the next year. So it opened up a couple spots. And uh, with that, they pretty much offered me and said, you better have a 4.0 when you get to school here. Uh, so kind of crazy story that I kind of almost back-ended a scholarship by having good grades. Uh, so it's kind of a, a lesson on education, man. Like at some point it doesn't, it, it helped me get in for sure. But even after that, it's not all about athletic talent on the field. You still have to learn a playbook and you have to be able to learn and think fast and think on your toes. And, and school helps you with that. And that has, that kind of helped me throughout my whole career for everything, because you know, even when I got to that next level, uh, you know, it was all about, being proficient, being, you know, knowing exactly what you're doing, being in the right spot at the right time. And by being that guy that was dependable, got me to a whole new level that, you know, maybe at, at, uh, athletically, I probably wouldn't have made it, um, you know, because I can tell you right now, I by far was not the most athletic out of, you know, every fullback in the world. Um, there's guys way more talented than me, but, you know, you get hurt. Uh, you, you fell out and you don't make it through college. I mean, there's so many hurdles that you have to go through to get to that level in the NFL. It's not like basketball where you go to school for one year and you can go to the NBA uh, or even baseball where you can get drafted out of high school. So you have to make it through at least three years. And a lot of guys drop out because of that reason. And then a lot of injuries. So, uh, you know, school definitely helped me get there. And um, just always being dependable, doing the right things and hard and working hard. It definitely got me to that next level. Yeah, no, I mean, that's crazy. So did you and did you and Rob like know at a young age that like you guys both wanted to go pro? Like was that was that the ultimate goal at a young age or you know, where you, you just keep playing ball and you know ended up how it was? Yeah, for for him, I think it was. Uh I mean he was a beast. Uh he was he was huge in, in high school and he was a whole different level than everyone else. I mean, it was obvious he was coming out as uh, you know, the best tight end in the nation or top three or whoever you were looking at was gonna at least put him in the top three. Uh, he had offers everywhere, but for me, complete opposite. Uh, you know, my goal really at the time was to get my college paid for. If I could get my college paid for, that was awesome. Like that was that was absolutely huge. Uh, I can come out debt free and go on and with a good degree and, and get a good job. So, uh, my whole goal really at that time was to get the best degree I could, and and I was um, got into the business school at Arizona, which. I think there's one other football player in the business school at the time. And I went for the hardest degree I could get, which was accounting degree and really picked it because, wow. yeah, man, I picked it literally picked it because I knew that, you know, if I, if I did it and I had all these credits and I went and, you know, I took the CPA test, I would come out making you no know, good money. I, I would make you know, possibly $80,000 at a first job. Uh, and I had a really good opportunity to easily make, you know, 150 K within my first five years. Um, outside of college. So I saw that as just a revenue stream for me. And for me, it, it, I never thought I had a chance at the next level. So um, really didn't even think about it until my junior year. Uh, I had to sit out a year because I transferred. I was able to play my junior year with Rob. And at that point, uh, you know, scouts got started coming in and they started coming in to see him. But at the same time, you know, they kept mentioning me and I still didn't think it was even a possibility at the time. But, um, you know, that's kind of the first time I even thought that I had a chance 
and with that, man, I just ran with it. I knew it was going to be a, a one, one shot opportunity for me. And uh, it, that's what it ended up being. Went undrafted, uh, had my one shot with the Cowboys and I knew, you know, they hadn't had an undrafted free agent on the roster in over 10 years. So I sat down and, and actually it was, it was, it was a crazy story because I ended up roommate my roommate at the time ended up being my roommate from college at Maryland he also went undrafted to the Cowboys as well and he was a center so you know we went and uh, we bunked up together had rooms together and uh, you know our goal was you know no matter what by the end of the summer we're making the team and, and we both ended up making the team that year that's incredible man that's crazy and, and you scored a uh, touchdown first first game in right with the Cowboys right against the Bears man yeah that was great so uh, it was it was my first game starting so we actually had another fullback on the roster for the first game. Uh, he actually, he got banged up. I started the, I, I played in the first game as well. Um, he got hurt. And after that, they released him. So it was my starting job from, from the second game on. So uh, really my first starting game was against Brian Erlacher and I'm sitting there lining up for a lead ISO on the first play. And I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy. I'm shaking. It, it's, it's funny because you, you know, the name He's a legend and, you expect this, you know, this massive hit, and I expected him to come just blow me up because I'm a rookie. And at the end of the day, he was, he was, I think he was about 15 years in at that time. Uh, he, was, he was definitely 12, or at least 12 years in. And uh, man, you last that long because you're smart. And, you know, he might have blew up guys back in the day when he was younger and, uh, you know, he first got there and had to prove a point. But the guys that last, they know how to play the position where they protect themselves, but get the job done. So, I remember the first play I, I ran in, you know, full steam, like I'm ready for this huge hit. And he kind of just came in and filled the hole. You know, we got in good position and you know, we put his shoulder down uh, and he, he did his job is pretty much what happened. And I, I was like, man, I was, you know, I was expecting so much more out of that kind of deal. But, um, you know, after the game and after I thought about it more, I'm like, man, you know, you don't last by running full speed and putting your head down and, you know, taking this massive hit and, and giving yourself a concussion. You know, you last by, playing smart, doing the right things, using the right technique and getting the job done. And, and that's why he was such a good player for so many years. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, I mean, your story on how you got in the NFL is insane. Cause like, it seemed like just a few years prior to that, like you weren't even thinking about going into the league. And then a few years later, you're starting for the Cowboys, like first game in. So it's just like, you know, it seems like, you know, what, what's going on in your head when you're starting for the Cowboys, you know, first game in, going going undrafted, and then you score a touchdown uh, against the Bears that game? I mean, what, like, take us through that moment, bro. Man, uh, my whole career, I was just – I was scared shitless is pretty much what it was. Um, and everything's filmed, everything's recorded. Uh, you're, you're under a microscope. And for me, as an undrafted player, or, you know, really anyone after the rookie year doesn't have any – more guaranteed money. So uh, at that point, you can be cut that day and not get paid anymore. So uh, if you're not on the roster on a Wednesday, you know, it's completely over. Like there's, there's nothing else coming in. Like there's, you, you might not ever get another paycheck from the NFL again. So a lot of people don't understand that. Um, even if you sign a big contract and, you know, all your guaranteed money is over with, they can cut you that day and you're not getting another penny from them. Uh, so for me, my whole career, everything was like that. I had never had guaranteed money. Um, so at any time, anywhere, any place, I could be cut. So uh, it was tough, man. I, I didn't sleep much. Uh, I grinded my teeth. Every time I went to the dentist, they, they would tell me I need a mouth guard for going to sleep. And uh, 
you know, that, that went on for years and years. And, you know, my biggest fear was just coming to coming to work late. You know, if we came to work late, it was minimum thousand dollar fine. And for someone in my position, uh, I was probably getting cut. So I had to be on top of my game at all times, no matter what, because uh, I knew I was super indispensable. At that time, there was, you know, 28 fullbacks in the entire NFL. Uh, most teams carried one. You almost, almost nobody carried a backup. So, you know, it was a position that wasn't really needed. And, you know, early on in my second year when I got hurt and they you know, tore my peck and I was out for the year, you know, they just, they just brought in tight ends. It wasn't even like they brought another fullback in. They would just use the tight end that was already there. So it just showed, you know, how, how dispensable the position really was and, and, you know, how tough it was to really keep that spot. So I knew that all along and it, it was stressful, but, um, and it was it was a great start for me, and it really helped me financially get to where I needed to be. I got my three years in, uh, ended up getting a fourth year. I got hurt, but it counted as a fourth credited season. And um, after three, you get everything. So if you don't make it to three, you pretty much get nothing. But if you make it to three credited seasons where you play in at least three games, uh, you get everything. So you're going to get the the 401k. You're going to get the pension. Uh, you're going to get the the medical uh, benefits as well. So they, they paid for my health insurance for the next five years and then also have uh, a money set aside per year that you played that also goes towards medical. So oh, all these huge benefits I was able to get and then I was able to get out, but it all had to had to be three years. So once I hit that three year mark, uh, absolutely huge for me. Never thought I'd even come close to it. And um, that was kind of for me, that was a success. Like, hey, man, like this. This was something I never thought would happen. I got three years in. This is, you know, people might say like, man, you only played four years. And I, I played in, I played in 34 games, I think 35 games in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I got everything I needed to, 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 you know, that I came for and, and I got out and I'm, I'm still healthy and I'm able to do what I love doing now. And, um, and I'm happy, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge, man. And, you know, at that position too, it's so hard and, and, you know, you made it happen, you know, so that, you know, major props to you for getting that done. Um, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, cause you see coaches nowadays, like you say, you know, shifting tight ends to fullback, fullback, shifting the tight ends. Did you have that leverage where you could go up to, you know, coach and say, Hey, you know, I, I'm be willing to play tight end or, you know, I'd be going to play linebacker, you know, were you, were you open to, you know, a position change? You know, how does that sort of work in the NFL today? Yeah, uh, they pretty much tell you where you're going to play, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can sit there all day and, um, and I tried, you know, I, I wanted to be more of a, a tight end H back. And I did a lot of that in college where I was more of this move guy and, and, um, a, a second tech, like a, a second tight end or a wing. And, um, yeah, it just didn't happen uh, as much as I wanted it to they they see it as you know you fit this mold uh this is where you fit best in our system and that's where you're going to play so uh yeah I, I tried to help out as much as I can I mean I played scout team linebacker I really I lasted as long as I did because of special teams is what it really came down to uh, most people don't think it's a big deal but it's what keeps you on the team it, it's what separated me from them using a, a backup tight end because I was able to play all four uh, by doing that, you know, most, most tight ends or most other guys, they can play too, uh, you know, or, and they probably aren't even going to really try at it because, you know, they, they want to be a tight end. They don't want to be a, a cover guy on kickoff cover. So uh, for me, I just saw it as first a challenge because, you know, it's something I never did uh, until I got to the NFL. And then, um, 
you know, I also saw it as a survival for me was, you know, I was going to, I was going to play all four. I was going to do whatever I could uh, to, to stay on this roster. And that's also why I lasted because you know, I was willing, I was out there, I was talking to the special teams coach. I was asking him to put me on every special teams. And I was trying to be that captain on the field with special teams because I knew at the end of the day, that's how I was going to make the team. And that's, that, that is, that, that's literally how I, I stayed around and made uh, the teams for the next couple of years. Yeah, no, that's incredible, bro. So, I mean, you played with the Cowboys, played with the Colts, um, played a little bit with the Broncos as well, um, and then, you know, recent with the Chargers, I believe. Um, you know, maybe talk about in terms of, you know, playing with the Broncos, uh, you know, playing on that same team with, like, Peyton Manning at the time, and, uh, you know, you have Demarius Thomas, you have Julius Thomas. Um, you know, Von Miller on the defensive side. I mean, some big names, you know, uh, you know, take us through that year, man. Yeah, man. I played, man, my, my team, my rookie year was stacked, too, uh, with the Cowboys. Right. We, we had a squad, man. But, um, yeah, it was cool. I went to um, went to Indy, and you know, it, was, it was a down year for them. It was when Peyton was hurt, and, you know, we started off 0-13. Uh, I got hurt week seven, tore my pack, so I was out. But um, – it, I got traded and, and it was pretty much, I was kind of following Peyton. Uh, you know, they weren't sure how he was going to do. So uh, that's actually the reason they brought me to Indy in the first place was they, they hadn't had a fullback in over 10 years, but you know, they weren't sure if Peyton was going to play there or not. So they wanted to bring a fullback in. Uh, so with that too, as he went and he got traded, you know, they pretty much, uh, you know, traded me as well for that same reason. Uh, he ended up being fine and, and using his, you know, offense so I didn't play that much with him uh caught one pass from him and that was it but um it was it was it was it was crazy man I, I thought we were going to win the Super Bowl uh went down to the playoffs and we're playing the Ravens and you know we lose on a Hail Mary pass and if it wasn't for that I would have been playing against Rob uh in the AFC championship to to go to the Super Bowl uh so <laughs> that was that was probably the that, that, that was the worst, man. Uh, you know, one play that, that changed it all and, and really took us from, you know, at least a, an AFC a chance to, to play against my brother in the AFC championship. And then, you know, we had a good chance of beating them. And, and then, you know, we had a good chance of also winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, the Ravens end up beating us on a Hail Mary. Uh, we end up getting knocked out. And then they go on to beat, beat the Patriots and they go on to win the Super Bowl. So, uh, definitely a huge change in course and uh, all from one play, man. One, one Hail Mary at the end of the game that our, our safety just came up and, and misread it and jumped early on. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a Pats fan. So, like, that, that, that was tough, man, when the Ravens, the Ravens got, uh, got, got, got the dub, but it's all good. Uh, so, in terms of, you know, you know, playing with Peyton Manning, you know, there's there's this sense of, you know, you, you caught the pass from him, which is unreal. And, you know, maybe talk about, like, his mindset of, you know, how he preps for the game. You know, because, I, I, you know, you hear all these stories about Peyton Manning. Or, you know, even if you want to talk about Tony Romo. I mean, you played with some really great quarterbacks. Maybe talk about, like, how they prep for the game. You know, how, how do they get in that mindset? Yeah, Peyton, Peyton was like no one I've ever seen. I mean, he was – he was the, I mean, they called him the general, man. He was the coach on the field as well. And no one, no one prepared like he did. Uh, he knew every play. He expected every player to know every play as well. And 
know, the second you were out of spot for, for one play, you know, he didn't want you on the field anymore. So uh, what was cool about him and his style, he, I mean, he was a leader all the way, a uh, very good leader. And he always kept it fun though and lighthearted at the same time. So you, almost like the commercials you see on TV where you know, they're funny, <laughs> but that's, that's his real personality though. Uh, and what I loved about him was he would get on you and he'd make it funny or fun at the same time, but he got his point across. Uh, and so uh, one of my favorite things that he would do was at the end of the game on away games, he would actually get on the microphone and uh, on the plane on the Broncos plane. And he'd be like, Hey, you know, your captain speaking. And, you know, at first I thought it was like the captain of the airplane, but it's Peyton freaking sitting at the back of the plane on the mic. And uh, he'd get on there and, and he'd just mess around and, um, and have fun. And, you know, it'd be after a win and he would just call a couple players out for, you know, whatever they did that was just either stupid or amazing at the same time. So uh, like, for example, one of them, uh, like our, our kick returner, uh, his, the first kickoff he fumbled or first punt it might have been he fumbled and they got the ball back they scored and um, it was awful it, it was a huge swing in the game but you know the second punt he ran to the house uh, so you know Peyton gets on the mic and it's just just like that you know unbelievable you know punt return that brought us back into the game game changer you know and that one you fumbled too was really good too you know something like that where you're just like oh man like yeah, yeah, he builds yeah. it up and it knocks you down uh but gets his point across at the same time like hey man like you, you know make sure that you're you're getting in there and you're catching a couple more balls so that doesn't happen uh so man he he was great uh definitely a, a someone to learn from and someone to you know follow their path man he he was the, the first guy in the last guy out kind of player and he was all about being the best you know quarterback he could be but also the best leader that he could be so it was a, it was a great year with him and uh super learners I mean man I learned a lot just from from watching him and his leadership style yeah do you, so do you still stay in touch with him today or or have you reached out to him or uh last time I saw him was at uh let's see the Super Bowl uh I took a picture with him uh, like a fan <laughs> and I was messing with him but uh man there's I mean he's 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 definitely a whole nother level um I don't I don't personally talk to him or anything like that but you know, if I saw him I would, I would just you know catch up and stuff like that yeah no that's awesome man that's awesome I mean since we're at the case of the Super Bowl as well how was the Gronk Beach party I, I just had a oh, yeah. looked awesome man it was man that was a lot of fun uh it, it was it was a little we were worried uh it was it was supposed to storm mm -hmm. so it held off just enough and what was great about it was that it held off right till the end when everyone was hammered anyways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the last couple of shows were coming on. Um, and at that point, no one cared that it was raining. So everyone was partying at that point And, uh, it was good, man. It was almost like, all right, let's get this last, uh, this last uh, big performance in. And then everyone pieces out. So you don't have people like waiting around and like, you know, just sitting around and, and having to kick people out. Everyone got the you know, performance shut down and boom, everyone was out. Everyone had an amazing time. Uh, it ended at six, I think six thirty. I was passed out at eight thirty, so that's that's how good of a party it was, man. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll go round two, I think, uh, in Tampa uh, next year as well. So hopefully it becomes uh, a reoccurring theme. But a uh, ton of fun, man. Everyone loved it, and it's just one of those Super Bowl parties where you know we're gonna we're gonna actually interact with everyone that's there as well, and and make sure everyone's having fun. So. Definitely a different style than you normally see at a, at a Super Bowl party. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I saw that. I was like, man, this looks dope. I was like, Mom, Dad, like, I'm going to Florida next year. I'm going to the 
Long Beach party. Uh, so awesome, man. That was dope. Um, what was it? I saw uh, Belichick was there too, right? You stopped by. Yeah, man. I got a, I got one of my favorite pictures ever with him. Yeah. Uh, I had ski goggles on and a party shirt on, and like I got to get a picture with with Belichick right now. And I was actually hoping he didn't smile because it would have been super funny. But uh, he he smiled in the picture too. So yeah, I was, I was shocked he was there, but um, yeah, I was I was kind of waiting and, and hoping he was going to show up before I got too crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did Bob reach out to him? Is that how no. Bill, Bill showed up? Or Man, I'm, I'm not sure how it happened. Like, I heard whispers of it, and I'm like, yeah, he, there's no way he's coming. And, and <laughs> next thing I know, he's walking in. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, it's going down today. <laughs> was he uh, Was he partying at all? Was he chilling? Or what was... No, he's just chilling. Yeah, he's just chilling. Yeah, no. yeah. I think he was just paying his respects and um, – just coming to say what's up to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering if he was going wild, you know. <laughs> I wish, man. Hopefully next year. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you know, so that's awesome. I mean, you know, that that I feel like that's a perfect transition. Um, you know, another part of your career is, of course, you know, you're the CEO of Ice Shaker. Um, you know, and it's really blowing up, man. I mean, you go on Shark Tank. I would, we'll get to in a couple minutes and also feel free whenever you need to head out, man, totally understand. Uh, just cut me off whenever. So I know this is, this is running a little long. Just give me a time, time check. But um, in, in terms of ice shaker, you know, maybe talk about how you, how you, uh, I, I know a little bit of background of, of how you got into it, but what really made you passionate enough to pursue it full time post NFL? Man, it was just, I was all about going to the gym, living a healthy, active lifestyle. And, uh, you know, this, this idea came across my plate when I was at the gym and I was making little sweat rings from my other bottle on the floor and I was doing like little designs and stuff. And I'm like, man, why isn't there something out there that just doesn't sweat? You know, that's going to actually keep my drink cold that I can easily mix up, you know, whatever I want, a pre-workout or a protein shake or whatever it is. And you know, just really looking for a cup for everyday use because I was bringing one to the office with me. I was coming home. I was grabbing, you know, a plastic shaker bottle. Uh, I was getting back. I was using a different cup. So at that point, I was like, man, I just want to make something that I can use all day, every day for myself. And that was kind of the goal. So went home that day and just looked for something. Like, I just want a better cup. And after looking everywhere, there was just nothing out there that, that was, you know, I could use for everything that I could mix stuff in easily clean as well. Um, there's a lot of other bottles out there, but they were so hard to clean. I had these little tiny openings and you know, you had to get a special brush just to get in there. So at that point I said, man, I'm going to make the best bottle I can really for everyday use and bring it everywhere I go. So if I'm traveling or I'm on a plane or I'm stuck somewhere, I could just grab a single serving of, of protein, toss it in my cup, shake it up and you know, I'm good. Uh, or you know, I could bring it to work and it's going to keep my drink cold all day. Or, you know, I could bring it in the car, or bring it, bring it everywhere. Just use that at home, just drink out of it at home. So that's kind of the goal at that point. And, uh, you know, started with this super basic cup and super basic idea and it started to sell. Uh, so at that point I had a contact from 2013 that reached out uh, through our agent and just said, Hey, if there's any former players that have any businesses or good ideas and would like to go on the show, ABC shark tank, you know, let us know. We'd love to talk to them and interview them. So that time I was still playing. I had nothing, but, um, uh, you know, I, I got this product and I had a couple sales and I was like, man, maybe, maybe I should reach back out. So I uh, found the email address, emailed them back. Uh, the girl responded and was like, I am not working there anymore. 
I'm sorry, but uh, she put me in contact with the right person. And, and um, the next day I got an email back saying, hey, you know, if you can shoot us over a video, we'd love to see what you got going on. So um, at that point, I'm like, oh, man, I better make this good, Not really good. So um, I had no clue how to actually like cut or crop videos or anything like that. Uh, so I, I, I got on, I, you know, um, what is it, the, the one that's on your Mac, uh, iMovie. And I just started, just started, uh, you know, putting together this ridiculous video of me ripping my shirt off at the gym and uh, just a couple plays, you know, my touchdown catch, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, I, I sent this video in and it was just like, man, it, it was absolutely ridiculous, but I think it's going to at least catch their attention. And at that point we had enough sales and we had a business that actually made sense. So I thought we had a decent chance and um, you know, got an email back and, Pretty much said, you know, your video was ridiculous, but awesome. We loved it. Uh, we love to take some some further steps, and uh, sounds easy, um, but really was months of uh, of work and paperwork and more videos and um, all kinds of stuff. Pretty much signing your life away, and um, finally got the the opportunity then to go on the show. Yeah, no, I mean, I can only imagine like how deep that process is, man. You know, I mean is the show accurate in terms of uh you know i don't do i do a couple shoots if it doesn't you know sound (laughs) just like right on the spot that's how it is yeah so it's a real deal uh you do see people freeze and that's real like they don't they don't then let you reshoot it either like you freeze you freeze man that's that's on you so sometimes you do see people freeze on there and it's cause it's live, man. Like it's, it's not live, but it's real. Like it's, it's really happening and, and they're not going to reshoot it no matter what happens. Uh, so what, what it really is, though, it's, it's really an hour, a 45 minute interview to an hour probably was what mine was. Some people could be in there two, three hours, uh, just depending. But uh, for me, it was, it was probably about 45 minutes to an hour. They broke down everything. Um, they could think of about me, my history, my school, uh, what I did growing up, everything you could possibly think of. They asked me, uh, they just didn't show that part because it's not as entertaining as us playing flip cup against the sharks. So, <laughs> uh, so they really then take that, you know, that hour of filming and they cut it down to the, the best eight minutes is what it comes down to for the most part. Uh, and they show that. So uh, it, it was, it, it is what it is, man. It blows up. Um, you're going to get that exposure, which is absolutely huge. You're going to get a proof of concept, uh, especially if you get offers, which we got offers from all five. So, uh, an overnight proof of concept that, you know, all five sharks who are experts and everything that they do wanted to buy into the product. So, uh, you know, sales exploded overnight. Uh, they did invest in the company. Not every, uh, every, you know, investment actually goes through. Uh, it's actually just a little bit over 50% of them actually go through. So we did uh, close the deal after the show. Uh, we did have Mark and Alex Rodriguez invest, put their own money in. And uh, you know, our sales did take off from it. And we took all that money from the sales and, and from the investment. And we just started building the company. Really, at that point, had one bottle, one size, one color. And we took it to, um, at this point, we have, we've had over 150 different SKUs. Uh, brought in over eight different bottle styles now. And we're just continuing to, um, you know, they want listen to and that's kind of how we decide what we're going to do next. Yeah, I know. Man. It's crazy, man. I mean, I was just curious, because, yeah. like, My you know, uh, you're pitching with, uh, 
you know, you're talking to Mr. Wonderful and all that. You still with me? You still good? You all right? Yeah, man. I don't know why. Oof. My computer gets like hot or something. Yeah, no, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah, no, I, I um, you know, that that's a crazy story. Congrats on the uh, investment on Shark Tank. I mean, that's awesome, man. Uh, I was just curious if like Mr. Wonderful was like, you know, if that was like actually how these guys act, but it sounds like it's really right on the spot. Um, two to three hours. That's crazy sometimes for most. Uh, I am curious, how did you uh, get the idea to pitch for Flip Cup with the bros? <laughs> that was my idea, man. Um, I really wanted to get the Sharks up and, you know, get them doing something with us and make it a little bit fun. And um, they wanted to do like exercises and stuff like that. I'm like, well, you know, there's there's no chance that they're going to be able to do, you know, the crazy stuff that we're going to do. I really want to get them involved. So uh, I threw that idea out at the shark or at the producers and they were like, I don't know. Like that's, you know, everyone knows you normally put alcohol in it. I'm like, no, we play with water all the time. What are you talking about? And so I had to pitch it hard, uh, but they went for it. And um, you know, I think, I think it turned out great. What it did for us and for me was it really lightened up the room a lot. Uh, so some of the hard questions that Mr. Wonderful normally asks, you know, that I was ready for, cause I was, I was dying for him to ask the questions, but um, you know, he didn't really ask those hard questions that he normally does. He didn't ask, you know, what's stopping him from making the, the Mr. Wonderful shaker bottle. Uh, you know, it, it kind of just became a more of a lighthearted uh, family, you know, event instead. And uh, after that, the questions were pretty easy, man. So I was, I was glad that we did that because I think we really connected at that point. And um, they were, they, they saw what we could do. They, they saw that we were there, uh, you know, we could have fun and, you know, we can get people on board and, and join us and, and be a team. So uh, I was I was glad I, I thought of that idea, and I'm I'm glad we won too, man. I practiced yeah. all night to make sure I flipped it and won. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that, bro. Good shit. Yeah, we all did, man. I think Rob, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, the rest yeah, yeah. Was all the one flips. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I mean, you guys must have been super hyped too after that. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, what was what was the energy like between all of you guys? Oh, man, especially when you win like that, it was, yeah, we were ready, but really just uh, when they ran out of the back room, that was when it was like, heck yeah, man, the game time. Yeah. And uh, it was for me, it was, you know, up until that point, I was, I had this pitch memorized and memorizing anything is, um, you know, it, it's not hard, but when you're in a moment like that where it's super stressful and, you know, the camera's on and um, everyone's looking at you, you know, it's easy to freeze and you see people do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so. For me, once I got past that point and the bros came out and we all did this huge chest bump, you know, it was game on at that point because, you know, it was no more memorization. It was no more pitch. It was, you know, we're going to do what we're good at. You know, we're going to entertain uh, and we're going to answer these questions that, you know, that I knew I could answer, you know, very, very easily. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, man. Uh, I, I won't keep you too much longer, but uh, last question, I guess, is uh, if you had to choose, you know, first half of your career playing football or, or your second half of your career, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, what, what's been your favorite? What's, what's really stuck out to you so far? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, I mean, I, I would, if I could, if I could do it over, I do it the same way. And uh, what I like about it is they're both very similar actually. Um, and the more and more with entrepreneurship that I go, the more I see it. It wasn't obvious. To, it wasn't clear to me at first because 
really it was more of a, a one-man show at first. Uh, but as this thing continues to grow, I realized how much it is a, a team sport. Uh, so, you know, playing, playing the NFL was awesome. Uh, man, super, super stressful. But what it teaches you is it teaches you hard work, man. It teaches you how to grind. It, you know, everything depends on you. You know, if you want to be great, you got to put that work in. You're going to wake up early. You're going to go to bed late. You're going to study your playbook. It all comes down to you how successful you want to be and how much time you want to put into your body. And it's literally the same way with entrepreneurship. You know, if you wake up early, you're grinding, you're putting that hard work in, you know, it takes time, but you know, you're eventually going to be successful if you're doing the work day in, day out, every single day. Uh, but what I didn't realize before was, you know, how big of a, a team sport entrepreneurship really is. And you can only go so far, just like in football, man, you can only go so far, you know, by yourself. You could have, you know, you could be the single best player on the team and you can, you can try and you can have this amazing game, but you're not necessarily going to win. Uh, same with entrepreneurship. I got to a point where, you know, I was, I was working 80 hours a week and that didn't bother me, but I was just limiting how much we could really do, how much we could really get done, how big and how much we could really expand. So uh, once I started bringing in people, that's kind of when I realized, Hey man, like we got to build this as a team. Like I have to be the captain and you know, we got to figure out a way to win. And uh, you know, that's really been a focus even this year. And, and I'm still don't have that many employees yet, but as we continue to grow, it's all about, hey, you know, let's put the game plan together. Let's follow the rule book. Let's do everything the right way. And let's build this together as a team, because without you guys, you know, it's, it's not going to grow. So uh, that's that's been really the eye opener for me this year. And as we continue to go, uh, you know, it, it, it's all about, you know, let's build this team and, and do it the right way. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Major respect. Um, you know, if you ever need help with Ice Shaker, bro, I'll, I'll work for free, man. Anything you need, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. Grow the brand. I'll tell all my buddies. At Heck school. yeah, man. Whatever you need, bro, just reach out. I, I uh, really respect it, man. So let me know. You ever I need appreciate it. that, man. All right. Yo, appreciate we, it, Chris. We, Chris Gronkowski. We could do some more. <laughs> What's that? Man, once these times are over, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to um, – and it's something that we're – we're kind of on pause with it and we're doing as much as we can now, but, um, you know, all the gyms are closed. Mm. All the supplement stores are, you know, they're struggling, retail struggling. Uh, we're, we're lucky that we've been mostly B2C and we're mostly online on our website. So, uh, you know, I've been able to keep all my employees, been able to pay everybody, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we were planning on having this huge year. We had multiple sales reps in the pipeline that we were training and everything's just on hold. So, uh, man, once everything bounces back, Let's, let's, uh, yeah, man, I'll definitely love to see what we can do. Yeah, for sure, man. Just let me know. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. So, Thank you. hey, pre appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for stopping by, man. Stay in touch and uh, wish you the best during this uh, quarantine. Keep playing Flip Cup, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking of, so my brother, Rob, um, yeah. is doing a virtual ping pong, uh, beer pong tournament. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's the coolest idea I've ever heard. So he's, he, it's him and I think it's about 12 other celebrities. And they're going to kind of do what we're doing now. But, you know, they're, you're going to set up your table. I'm going to set up mine. And we're right. going to play against each other. But obviously not be in the same room. Yeah. Uh, all the money then goes to charity. But, um, man, I just thought, like, it, it's so cool what's coming out of these times. Like, oh, as hard yeah. as the times this is and, and how crazy it is, people are getting super creative. And they're creating new ideas that I think are going to last forever. Like, something yeah. like that. I was like, man, that is like, that's a badass idea <laughs> that, you yeah. know, you can get 12 celebrities like that ever to do that. Uh, but now that you thought of this idea and, and you're doing it at a time when people have more time, 
Mm-hmm. This might be something that you know you could do easily do yearly, if if not every month, because right. it's so simple to to pull up Zoom, yeah, and, uh, and play flip cup against someone that's in a different state and play yeah. a game or two, you know. Dude, it's crazy because everyone's doing Instagram live too. Like, I'm like the game shows and stuff. Like, you pop in. Like, I think it was like Bob Menery uh, the other day, like the broadcaster. Uh, he had like an Instagram live, like Shaq, and I'm like, what? This is crazy, man. So they were doing yeah. a game show. It was like try to find something in your house, and Shaq's like looking for post it or something. <laughs> He's the best, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Shaq. It's so funny, but. Yo, I'll let you go, bro. Really appreciate it. Uh, stay in touch. And once again, feel free if you need anything. Uh, wish you the best with Ice Shaker as well. So Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a All good right. one. Thanks. You too, Better, man. man. Peace. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody on the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl, Camille Kostek. Shuma Gavin in the house. Shoot nice again. Like Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is a CeeLo Green. To follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.